0: Hello, and welcome to the Movie Spotlight on the Comic Book Page Podcast. My name is John Mayer. In this episode, we'll have a spoiler-filled discussion about a movie we think you'll enjoy. episode i am joined by my sister and we're gonna have a spoiler-filled discussion on logan we just watched that on blu-ray and we're gonna not only spoil that film we're gonna spoil anything that's relevant from the x-men films the uh the marvel universe films although i don't know much would be relevant from there certainly agents of shield with the inhumans whatever uh and relevant comics uh, of the sort Mm -hmm. now this is presumably Hugh Jackman's last go as as Wolverine.
1: Presumably.
0: He could still, depending on when they set the X-Men films, use him in another. Very true. Because uh, this is set 12 years in the future, so it doesn't have to be his last film.
1: You know, to me, that's interesting in a variety of ways. But not the least of which is because you got the, what, the combo pack, the multi-Uber.
0: The one that's got the DVD and the, the, the Blu-ray and the wolverine noir
1: <laughs> Well, yeah, it's a
0: black and white version of the film and there's something i find ironic because we watched just we watched the color version but then we watched a segment of it in black and white and of course you said hey let's do the one where they're watching the black and white movie i'm like okay so the hotel scene or whatever there and there's something in my mind funny about watching a black and white film on blu-ray <laughs> Because it's incredibly crisp, almost more so than, because I mean, the last time I've really watched a black and white film, it was on DVD or it was on film. Yeah. And there's there's a little bit of a difference visually in those styles. Yeah. One of the things, though, uh, speaking of the visual thing that I noticed early on, and it kind of drove me nuts.
1: The focus.
0: The focus thing. Yeah. However they shot this film, when they would do a rack focus, going from focusing on something in the foreground to the background or vice versa, it warped kind of the visual perspective and it's like things kind of shift up or shift down a little yeah and i'm sure there's somebody who's more entrenched in the the optical side of of movie making or or even videography or or, uh photography that could explain kind of that impact but it was something that at times at first it was it was a little subtle at other times it was incredibly pronounced Mm-hmm. and it was also just vaguely nauseating
1: yeah there were a few times it was jarring because it was a stationary object felt like it moved
0: a foot there have been times i'm watching like a youtube video and the thing the the image sways a little like it's a uh, uh image stabilization thing yeah. kicking in but here i mean they've got a camera that it's it, many of the shots was stationary but because they would do that rack focus kind of a deal and maybe they weren't doing a rack focus but some other thing again the depth perception shifts the where things are in the frame shifts yeah and it was it was distracting
1: yeah i'll agree with that uh
0: other than that i thought it was well filmed
1: yeah, well, what amused me about the black and white version is if this had been like one of the uh, X-Men movies, but it was set in the 50s or the 60s.
0: Oh, if they done like uh, X-Men First Class.
1: Yes, a black and white version of that. Okay, to me, because I think I Love Lucy, I think Dick Van Dyke Show, I think these are, that's the black and white era of television movies.
0: You know, if they had done um, Days of Future Past which set in the seventies mm-hmm. had a black and white version
1: mm-hmm.
0: for when he goes back in time or a technicolor and, and, do you know, ape the visual styles of the period? Yeah. That would be hilarious.
1: Yeah. To me, it, it was just a really bizarre choice to take a film that for when we're watching it, when it was made was set 12 years in the future And as a stylistic choice on one of the bonus DVDs or Blu-rays... It was another disc, yeah. yeah, give us something, The Apes, a format from 50 years in the past.
0: Now you got me thinking that somebody ought to do a movie as if it were a sitcom sort of Mm -hmm. genre, you know, TV sitcom kind of a thing, where the character is... Something like you're watching the This Is Your Life kind of a thing of a TV character that's been on a sitcom for like 50 years.
1: There you go. Yeah.
0: You know, something where you've got visually the style from like the Honeymooners all the way up until today mm-hmm. and just the, the you know, production sticks that they would shift around in time.
1: And I would actually suggest uh, do it with a soap opera. And I say oh, that wow, yeah. because there are soap operas that have been on the air for 50 years.
0: Yeah. And those, I think, would have been almost more susceptible to the technology differences.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they have characters that are trying to keep up with the Joneses, if you will, in terms of fashions, technology, you know, prop-wise, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Now, see, what I always thought would be interesting when if you could create a world, and I never knew how you would do it best, but it was if you had a world where only the news could be shown in color if it was entertainment it had to be in black and white so people oh. knew it wasn't real
0: these days i think you you'd have to split the difference on stuff um, well and that it's funny because knowing what's real knowing what's not they really toyed with that in this movie in a way that didn't work for me with x-men comic books existing yes and Wolverine basically saying, some of it's true, some of it's made up, only about half of it happened, and it didn't happen that way. Yeah. And.
1: Implying the comic books were creative versions of, kind of ripped from the headlines
0: stories. Well, what's funny is in the Marvel Universe comics, there are Marvel Universe comics, the FF, have the Fantastic Four, have licensed their rights, etc. hmm uh, People just use Spider-Man or whatever, and it's fictional, whatever, but it's clearly not the the comics we've read yeah and the issues they had i think were uncanny x-men 117 and 132 Mm -hmm. and i knew the covers were not what i recalled uh but i went ahead and checked imdb or not imdb comic book db what am i thinking it's comics we're talking Mm -hmm. uh about a movie um and of course they were different and i think joe casada was credited for doing the couple of pages of art they used uh because it was a story point of we've got to get to this point point.
1: Well, and that was an interesting thing in terms of Logan hit, I want to call it sort of an ideological barrier of you can't go to the GPS coordinates you got out of a comic book and expect to find your friends there because the place the comic book says is there isn't there.
0: The problem I have with that is if you, even what we glanced at as we were shown in the comic, there was Professor X, there was Wolverine, there was Storm, there was Cyclops, there were the other characters we knew Wolverine knew. Mm-hmm. So there's enough grounded in truth. Mm-hmm. Even if the story didn't happen the way you thought it did, there's actually no reason not to go to those that location.
1: Well, but the other point I had that I kept going to literally yell at the screen and yell at the character is... You've got at least a dozen people who have all agreed to meet at the coordinates they found in the comic book.
0: That was the part that I think uh, Gabrielle failed to really sell in the video she made. Yes, Was not that we're going there because we think people will be there. Mm -hmm. But we have chosen this spot because there might be people there and it's a convenient meeting place.
1: Yes. Yeah. So. And I think you're right. That could have definitely been explained better in the video.
0: Well, in some of the names, they rattled off uh, when uh, X-23 uh, Allura starts speaking. Um, Richter, it's like, okay, he's one of one of the known mutants from X-Factor, I think it was. It would have been X-Force. Hanging around the new mutants. One of the plethora of, of mutant teams we've had. Uh, but there were a few others that it's like, okay, we got a Bobby, we got a this, we got a that, you know. Mm-hmm. When they finally started showing the powers, one had like a, a freezing breath. Mm-hmm. One had uh, vague electrical powers. One had plant-based powers or, or telekinesis. It was some of them were kind of hard to tell what they could do.
1: It it was like a nature control. She mm-hmm. could she could make the ground kind of rise. She could make the leaves fall off of the trees.
0: Well, and there was Lizard Boy. Yeah, and it's funny because there's so many mutants to pick from. Yeah that to have to make some new ones up sort of surprised me.
1: Well, it was interesting in so much as it was kind of a we took DNA from Logan's generation and we created in the lab these children.
0: Which is pretty much the origin of of Laura in the comics. So to have characters, uh, to not have clear antecedents for where these powers came from. Mm -hmm. Because the one with the freeze breath didn't really remind me of Iceman at all, you know, so I think they could have done a little, it's not a big deal, I mean.
1: No, but for some reason it was reminding me more of Storm, and I don't know why.
0: I don't know. Uh, Visually, I think the character, frankly, more like Storm than Iceman, but not by a whole lot.
1: I think it was because it was always being blown.
0: Yeah, I think it was that aspect of it.
1: I think I was thinking of it literally as a cool breeze.
0: Mm-hmm. I can see that. I mean, she was exhaling it, which is not what Storm would have done.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. They could have have sold some of that a little better, Mm -hmm. is all I'm saying. Yeah. And these kids, by and large, didn't matter until the final act of the film. Yeah. When it's, okay, we've got to save all these kids.
1: I understand why the film ended the way it ended, but there came a point where... Especially when Charles was kind of talking about, I used to run a school, and can't say Logan was that good at people. Mm -hmm. But I kind of felt like, so are we building up to Logan, not just as the reluctant hero, which he's kind of been throughout this film, but now he's going to be the reluctant headmaster picking
0: up. Kind of the the Professor X of the next generation, if you will. Yeah. And it's funny because that would have played into a Wolverine in the X-Men kind of a mindset. And it would not have been a bad idea. I was kind of expecting the where this film would end would be for uh, Wolverine, as Hugh Jackman's version, to retire, be taken out of play, as he was. Not necessarily the way they did it, but yeah. overall. Um, and then the next film they could do in the, the the franchise is the all-new Wolverine.
1: Yeah, I just... I guess I felt... That they were kind of passing the baton from Charles to uh, Logan in terms of shepherding the next generation.
0: I guess I saw it as the passing of the baton between Logan and Laura as kind of the lone hero. Yeah. They know mutants, but... Yeah. And that's the difference between this being a Wolverine film versus an X-Men film. Definitely. And with this set 12 years in the future, it... Gives them a little bit of wiggle room of what they do for the next decade or so with the X-Men film. Which is ironic, because they seem to be setting them in previous decades. Yeah. Okay, fine.
1: We implied some events have happened in these 12 years.
0: That pretty much the mutants are wiped out, and there was something that Professor X did that was horrific or whatever in in, uh, Westchester where the school was. Presumably as his mind was starting to decay.
1: Yeah, he became... Can classified as a weapon of mass destruction because of it Mm -hmm. and what I liked there I mean I didn't exactly care for how it was revealed but I liked his coming to understand that somehow it was so horrific he'd blocked the memory of what he'd done and no matter how angry he got with Logan for how Logan was choosing to care for him and treat him he realized logan had been caring for him protecting him and just doing everything he could for him which is kind of counter to the gruff exterior that logan puts off
0: well and that was funny because i thought they did a pretty good job with laura of her having a different way of showing that same kind of gruff exterior yeah I mean, particularly at first when she's like grabbing her backpack from Logan and storming off. and Yeah. There was at least the first two thirds of the film where Laura said nothing. Yeah. Maybe screamed once in a while. Mm-hmm. But the actress did a terrific job. Yeah. Conveying emotion mm-hmm. and building of character. Mm-hmm. I mean, as early as when the, uh, the, reavers or uh, were they the reavers the uh the ravagers whatever they were called and the the name was out of the comic, so i did not know it i think it was the ravagers anyways mm-hmm. the military guys uh were coming for professor x and uh and laura and stuff at um at the water tower tank. Mm. even then it's like she could definitely i think lead the next movie if she wanted to
1: yes at that point because i don't read the comics i had no clue who she was I was wondering if her power was telepathic.
0: Mm. I knew from the get-go that she was uh, a clone of Wolverine. Now, what's interesting is I was thrown more by the name of of Gabrielle the Nurse. Because in the all-new Wolverine series, which Mm -hmm. stars Laura as Wolverine, Mm -hmm. there's another sidekick who's the age of this Laura, whose name is Gabby, who's a clone of the clone. Oh, how funny. Making Wolverine kind of sort of her grandfather in some respects, or maybe she's just another clone of Wolverine, and she was referencing Old Man Logan that way. Because there's also an Old Man Logan, which is a Wolverine that's about the age of this Wolverine. Describing any comic book these days <laughs> yeah. is increasingly complex, where you've got to explain the explanation a few times. Yeah. But again, so to have a Laura who's the age of the Gabby in the comics, et cetera, et cetera it's funny.
1: Well, I thought they did a real nice job with Laura had no context for family. Mm -hmm. No, not necessarily really.
0: I disagree with that. I think she considered all the other kids her family. That's when, when she started speaking, she was rattling off the names.
1: True, but I'm torn on that in terms of they were her community, but.
0: Okay, fair point.
1: But like when she was looking at the clothing on display. And she chose the outfits that were a father holding hands with a daughter because she could recognize that was something she didn't have and she wanted.
0: Okay. I I just thought it was funny that it was a t-shirt with a a unicorn and a rainbow and all the girly little that she's not. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So I, I liked how they played against type there. And that too might have been out of the comics. I'd have to go reread.
1: Well, and she seemed to be fascinated with the way Logan was so gruff, and yet before he would do anything at that family's house, it was, I have to get pops, as he was calling Charles, settled in his bed, and, you know.
0: He was gruff, but he was caring for Professor X. Yeah. 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 There was a definite dynamic there that she was studying, likewise with the family that they yeah. befriended and then got killed. Yeah,
1: well, and it was funny, because Charles had very clearly, I don't want to say latched onto that family, but seen, this is a family that both Logan and Laura could learn from.
0: There was an aspect of they needed that example, but it was almost selfish of Mm -hmm. Charles to use that, because it was pretty clear, particularly to Logan, Mm -hmm. or James, as he's going at times in the movie... uh, that this was going to get the family killed.
1: Yeah. And Logan was the one thinking in that responsible manner mm-hmm. of we need to not stay the night. We should be moving on and taking the potential danger with us.
0: I wish they had at least addressed that in the bedroom when mm-hmm. he's putting Charles to bed. And the response being they're in danger, anyways. At least now we'll be here to protect them. Yeah. So. There was a lot of violence in the film, unsurprising.
1: Mm -hmm. There was a
0: lot of graphic violence in the film,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: surprising, less so after uh, Deadpool. Um,
1: I thought it was light on plot, heavy on violence.
0: I would agree with that. I would agree with that. There was enough plot to to keep it moving along, both figuratively and literally across the country, but not so much that you're thinking, ooh, I wonder what the next plot point's going to be. Mm-hmm. And I thought the action sequences, while there's quite a few of them, they were generally very well done. Yes. Both in terms of how they choreographed, the nature of them, the thought behind them, and uh, the way they were, were executed. Yeah. Uh, I could have done without, you know, as many body parts uh, flying around or whatever. I found that kind of distasteful. But it's a Wolverine film. He's got the claws. She's got the claws. It's going to happen. Yeah. And there were a couple of times where... Uh, I really enjoyed the fight scene near the end where the two, uh, Logan and and, uh, Laura, were fighting in tandem. Yeah. Um, Because there were just a couple of really good shots with that, a couple of good sequences. It was clear somebody had given it some thought. Yeah,
1: I agree with that.
0: And it played out well. So could they have used a little more heavy plot type stuff? Yeah, probably.
1: Yeah. I mean, in terms of the actors taking what they were given and making the most of it, I definitely think that uh hugh jackman doing that with logan um i can't think of her name but the one playing laura uh
0: daphne something maybe maybe
1: um but i mean especially there was just she did some great reactions like when uh, logan's in the front seat of the vehicle talking to charles in the back seat and charles is explaining well i think this is what's going on with her in terms of she's female. So, of course, she has claws at the feet mm-hmm. as well. And she's just hanging on his every word very clearly. And when Logan looks over and she's kind of caught hanging on the word, she like, oh, yeah, I'm not supposed to be caring. And kind of turns away to do that nonchalant preteen look. Well,
0: there was also, I'll listen to him, but not you.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: I personally thought the best exchange with uh, with Logan and, and uh, Laura was after the uh, urgent care.
1: <laughs> you can talk? Shut up.
0: Yeah. she's She goes from C, you know, a word or two, you know, or de nada or whatever. Yes. You can talk to suddenly she won't shut up. He tells her to shut up. And then she's like, you're going here. Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm not. And she punches him. <laughs> you know, and there was a certain neither of you is going to win this conversation.
1: Yes,
0: yes. It was a sense of humor. I, and I thought that the chemistry between the three leads of Patrick Stewart, Hugh Jackman, and, and this new actress, uh, Daphne Keene, we think the name is. Um, I thought it was all really good. They
1: they created a wonderful family dynamic.
0: And some of that with Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart, they've had, what, 15 years plus, almost 20. Yeah. Uh, going back to that first X-Men film in what 2000 or whatever. And for a young actress to really come in and uh, carry as much of the film as she did as well as she did.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And um, I mean, it just seems like a-, a wonderful learning opportunity for a young actor or actress, yeah, to have a Shakespearean trained person like Patrick Stewart
1: mm-hmm.
0: to just watch, learn, etc. And Hugh Jackman, who's done a number of films, this is an iconic role for him. Yeah. And just to see how the two work in similar and different manners and whatnot, it had to be a fascinating. And the sad thing is she might be just young enough to not fully appreciate that yet. I'm not sure how old the actress is. Yeah. But I would, I would be amazed if anyone under the age of 17, 18 could really appreciate it. And really, I would think until somebody had been around the block a little bit, mm-hmm. and almost as in their mid twenties, is when they could start to realize, "Hey, there's a lot I could learn." Yeah, I could be wrong. I think there are going to be some individuals. Yeah, that are perceptive enough, understand the opportunity enough, or have that explained to them, or whatever. Yeah, um, that could take advantage of of just again the wealth of opportunity. And she did such a, a good job that there was clearly strong direction strong uh, skill, native, inherent, whatever she had, mm-hmm. and good coaching, etc. I mean, it was a good... Yeah. You, I, there are some directors that are very much... Um, that have, have gotten bad raps for using the term of, of kind of meat puppet. Yeah. <laughs> Stand there, look this way, say this, okay, I've got the shot I need. Yeah. You know, I need you as a puppet, not as an actor. Yeah. And I don't feel she was used that way.
1: No, well, and the other thing... With actors, and I think uh, the TV show MacGyver was a great example of it. There are some actors that figure, you know, I'm so good at my craft. That it doesn't matter whether or not I've met the other actor before we film our first scene. If I know my stuff mm. cold, they know their stuff cold, and we're both capable of slipping into character, then we can create that chemistry the moment we step out there together. Mm-hmm. And there are others, like the two guys on MacGyver.
0: The new MacGyver. The new MacGyver. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where they spent time before the show filmed. Yeah. To get to know each other, get a little bit of camaraderie back and forth, get comfortable with the other person.
1: Yeah. And, you know, they were basically saying, you know, if you're going to play characters that have inside jokes and have been friends for years and would place your life in one another's hands, then having spent a weekend out in the middle of nowhere together, just the two of you vacationing together. So that you can have built up some inside jokes between you and built that genuine chemistry and bring that to the screen.
0: It's interesting you mention that because there's the t- uh, tried and true technique, uh, narratively, storytelling wise, writing wise, of introduce a new team member. Mm-hmm. Get the exposition out. Well, why is it this way? Oh, this is where the the break room is or the office is or, you know, mm-hmm. to get the the exposition in there yeah to give an entry ramp for the viewer into that Mm -hmm. and while that works great in the comics you know welcome kitty pride to the x-men i hope you survive the experience sort of a thing Mm -hmm. um what worked in this film well was for logan and professor x to first be meeting laura yeah so they didn't have to have that pre-established uh rapport or whatnot Mm -hmm. the as they feel it out as the movie progresses it makes sense in the context of the movie so i would argue that on a television show you're almost better off forming the team at the pilot and moving forward because then anything that you've got where it's like "Mm, the show is just figuring itself out makes sense yeah i mean if you think back to the first half the first season of next generation yes it was on film versus video which i think they went to later so visually it was different yeah they hadn't figured out where they were going with a lot of the characters, where they were going with the new era of Star Trek. Yeah. So there's aspects of how that half of that season is that's very, very different than the other six and a half seasons they Mm -hmm. did. Mm -hmm. And some of that works, some of that doesn't, given that, well, this is the Federation, there's a certain protocol, everything should be smoothly. You shouldn't have to be feeling your way around as to how these characters interact. Yeah. Whereas if you've got something like uh dark matter the characters for all intents and purposes are meeting for the first time in the pilot yeah any awkwardness anything that you you need to that builds up over time makes sense
1: yeah well it was interesting by placing logan 12 years ahead of where we are now by alluding to things we haven't seen as kind of creating the situation that both logan and charles are in there are moments early on where logan comes across as having turned his back on people Mm -hmm. and being selfish and as the movie unfolds that perception changes Mm -hmm. it's not that he's turned his back on mutants on the school you could put a lot of people in that who they turn his back on category we find out people are dead we find out the school is gone and we find out that he's not been selfish he's become single-minded in his determination both to protect Charles and to put Charles in a place where he can't harm others unknowingly.
0: The irony of that is Charles is the one who questions if if Logan feels he has a mission.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: So there was some definite interesting back and forth between those two. Mm -hmm. And if you look at it in light of pretty much all of the x-men films they've done more so than even the other wolverine films they've done of we've seen professor x from when he first really meets and gets uh, wolverine into the team kind of all the way forward and then rotating back again with with the uh, days of future past and then catching up again yeah so there's almost they've got two lifetimes together if you will yeah um and it, it again, it shows the, the relationship between kind of the loner of the X-Men and the, the father figure gatherer of the X-Men.
1: Do you think Laura is being set up to be in the Professor X position, if you will, of a new school or community of
0: mutants? If I thought anybody was in this film, I would argue Richter.
1: And see, character-wise, I agree, but that let's put Laura in the wheelchair and let her take a spin around the room impersonating Professor X. Oh, I
0: thought that was just she's a kid. Okay. Uh, I didn't read anything else into that. Okay. I, I was not seeing. Uh, now, if they had chosen to uh, to go with Hugh Jackman in that role, mm-hmm. um, and frankly, they still could after this. There's nothing to say he actually did die totally.
1: They buried
0: him. Yes, and he could heal.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Not saying they should, not saying they will, don't think they should.
1: Actually, I think it would be very interesting in terms of spins on reluctant hero, because I think Logan would be the most reluctant headmaster chief role model Mm -hmm. you've ever seen.
0: I think if they wanted to go forward with this group of kids as the next group of X-Men with him as the lead, and I'll be honest, I saw little evidence that's the plan they want to go with. Um, One, they should have added an end credit scene where you see kind of the hand pop up out of the grave. Mm-hmm. And two, spent a little bit more time uh, thinking through who these kids were.
1: I think they did give us one hint either that down to the end they considered Logan to be a member of the X-Men. or Oh,
0: with the X, absolutely. Yeah, okay. I'm not arguing yeah. that. It's a matter of I would have had one of those kids have some kind of an optic blast like cyclops i would have had more of an iceman kind of power mm. or whatever i would have had something where logan starts to see a lot of his friends that have fallen in this crew yeah have a girl with red hair who's got the the telekinesis yeah you know, or actually do it with a boy, do a gender reversal on yeah the Cyclops uh Jean Gray Wolverine stuff if you had set some of those dynamics up mm-hmm. and he's like, you know Charles trained them this way, and things didn't go so well. let's try something else, yeah, but the x men franchise, while again part of this circle of films, is its own thing, true, and I'm not sure where they're going. I think Sinister is where they're going next. Maybe in the 90s. Uh, Mr. Sinister, at the end of the last movie, we saw an Essex corporation okay. gathering some of the, the genetic material, which is funny because Logan is dealing with the use of genetic material. Yeah, And it could be that there's going to be an interim story along those lines. Mm-hmm. Or okay. maybe that's supposed to have been moving in this direction, but I don't think so. Uh, I've lost track as to what the, uh, the plan for the next film is after... Um, it was the last one we saw, X-Men Apocalypse?
1: That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, they've done good stuff with the X-Men films, Good mixed stuff with the Wolverine films.
1: To me, and a lot of it is dictated by the tone of the ending, this just wasn't the best and the strongest, because I came out of it with a very unhappy, sad feeling.
0: To me, this was the, the final of them. Wolverine Origins, I did not think was particularly great. The first Wolverine one, we haven't done episodes on those. We need to rewatch them, because I don't think yeah. we've seen them since they came out. No. Have they Have done three or four Wolverine films? I've lost track.
1: My gut says there were three before this one, but I'd have to look.
0: That sounds correct. I don't think this was the best, but I don't think it was the worst. Mm. Uh, Wolverine Origins, I think, was. But well, again, I'd have to rewatch.
1: Like I said, a lot of my feeling is dictated by the end. By where Charles Xavier was at the end. By where Logan was at the end. It was just very low notes to end on. And I didn't feel they gave me a sense of hope for the future at the end of those. I wanted one more scene or another few seconds to lift my spirits back up.
0: I think the end scene was, was definitely a little... Ended prematurely. But I also think the uh kind of the monologue or whatever that uh Laura gave mm. while it was a callback to earlier in the film was the wrong one um I think that should have given us a sense of this is an ending but this is also a beginning yeah we don't have to fight we don't have to do this we can chart our own course we could do you know whatever yeah uh, to your point get that off uplifting this is the end of one story but it might be the beginning of another
1: yeah. Yeah, her monologue was irony.
0: Well, it was parroting back the movie that they had watched at the hotel.
1: Yeah, but giving that same dialogue in a very ironic yeah.
0: sense. Yeah, it, it felt hollow, to be honest. Yeah. It, um...
1: Well, and it was another reminder that these children had been raised in a laboratory without access to sun, Yeah. etc. They and... hadn't
0: been in the world.
1: Yeah. And I think that was part of why I was hoping that Charles was passing the baton to Logan to shepherd them. Mm-hmm. I felt they needed some kind of guide.
0: Yeah, I think they do. I don't know that it should have been him necessarily.
1: They didn't give me anyone else. And actually, no, I take that back. They did give us someone else. And I I kind of wish he had. we had left him on a better note and he had been the one to step up. And it was, I want to say his name was Mr. Munson. He was the father at the family with the
0: horses. I'd have said leave for the son. Yes. The other thing I would have been okay with if they could have pulled it off, and I'm not sure how I would have set it up, if what they had found Mm -hmm. up in the mountains there was Kitty Pride.
1: Mm. Well, I think the father kind of strikes me as a little bit poetic in terms of he's also lost everything because of he's these he's lost people? his
0: family now he's got a family to take care of yeah it just would have been hard to hard I, they could have done that it would have been a hard sell yeah um but they need the kids needed somebody to look after them versus yeah they'll just fend for themselves
1: well and i think he's someone grounded in reality someone who may be totally unable to help them with the mutant side of things mm-hmm. but could give them all of the everyday side of things that they've never had before.
0: I still think they needed a, a leader, father figure, whatever, that was a mutant. I just don't know how they could have conveniently worked that in and made that play. But I will I will agree that when the credits rolled, it felt like there should have been a little bit more in the scene before it. Yeah. Um, Not even more time, but more content, more uplifting, more something, yeah. more satisfaction.
1: I just came out a little bummed.
0: I did too. I also thought that while the plot was not paper thin to the point of it didn't hold together, it was it was not much beyond that and there was a number of things that they should have needed to be added to that. It should give more justification for X twenty four. They should have it just felt convenient of Oh yeah, my father was the one who created you kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. It just didn't seem
1: well, and he didn't seem all that upset that Wolverine had killed his father.
0: Yeah. Even a simple "He had that coming." Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's like I'm not upset with you for that. Actually, you know, kind of, there was. Yeah, lines they could have had there. Um, overall, it was a fun film. I'm glad I'd been warned. It was a little violent in places. I agree. The uh the massive skewering of people left and right was a bit off putting, but knew it going in. Mm-hmm. And it's also one of the reasons we didn't watch it the minute this came out on on Blu-ray. Yeah, and one of the reasons we didn't go rush to the theater for it. Uh, I just, I don't care for that kind of stuff. But again, good cast. Uh, They delivered. Um, The plot, like I said, held together enough. It was not impressive. It was not, it's not a movie you go to for the plot. Um, So I think the writing could have been better, but it was not one where... Like a Jackie Chan film, there have been a couple of those where there is literally no plot, but the guy's like walking down the street and gets into fight after fight after fight after fight, after fight kind of a thing. Yeah. They're brilliant, breathtaking fights, so I'm good with that. Yeah, yeah. But if you were to actually ask me what the plot of was for Rumble in the Bronx or something like that, I don't think I could tell you. I'd certainly have to rewatch the film, and at some yeah. point we should do the Jackie Chan films. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot to talk about in the action, and it'd be fun to see if there's, there's much of the plot. But for me, most of this was the fight scenes, even in terms of special effects, there wasn't a whole lot to hang your hat on. No. But I'm curious if they're going to go with another Wolverine film, if Hugh Jackman is indeed done with the character, which makes sense, and if they try to hand it off to uh, to this new actress. Yeah. Because I'd be game for that. I, I think it'd yeah. be interesting.
1: I think she did really well.
0: Yeah. Um, she was given enough to work with. Uh, she, she sold what... Uh what she had in terms of mm-hmm. being mute, then rambling on, and then you just yeah she she conveyed a distinct personality and tone to the character mm-hmm. very effectively
1: well and when she calls Logan daddy, it's with genuine emotion understanding, and he's earned that yeah. title and position in her life,
0: yeah. And frankly, I think it'd be fascinating to see if they could do a string of action-adventure films with an actress kind of that young. Yeah. Because there's definitely some challenges there. Yeah. But for them, if they were to go down the path of let's rebuild the X-Men that way, that would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, Again, the Laura character is the the title character in the all-new Wolverine series, um, an alternate version of Old Man Logan, and there were some aspects of the Old Man Logan storyline here um has his own title and you know wolverine's a mainstay of the x-men books you can't get rid of them even if you've got to have like five or six different versions of them in the in mm-hmm. the comics so i i can't imagine them leaving wolverine on the shelf in terms of the movies yeah so anything else does that pretty much do it i think that does it. cool